It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. 707 at 95.5 WSB. Walter Reeves along with Ashley Fraska on the Lawn and Garden Show. We are changing the format of the show somewhat so that Ashley can be in the studio <clears throat> in the studio with me because we want her input for asking questions about why we do things. This is a good time to learn about plants. And the more you learn, the more you sort of have comfort in dealing with plants. If you have a question about house plants, for instance, if you have a question about Lawns, flowers, shrubs, weeds, trees, critters. We have answers. So many answers. We've got lots of answers. We've got probably more answers than they have questions. But, I mean, you go beyond lawn and garden. You are, you know, you wrote a column in the AJC this week. You write about pets. You write about yeah. birds. You write, I mean, there's, yeah. yeah, there's there's stuff beyond just lawn and garden. Because it's sort of all part of the same picture. You know, mm-hmm. people have nice lawns with flowers and red flowers attract hummingbirds. And so... The question in the paper was, do I leave my hummingbird feeder up for the wintertime? Because she was worried, the lady was worried that she would somehow attract hummingbirds who would freeze to death if we fed them during the winter. And the truth is, there are several kinds of hummingbirds who overwinter in Georgia. The rufous hummingbird, the ruby-throated hummingbird, a couple of the western hummingbirds that just never make it to Florida. And so, yeah, leave the feeders out. You can find one or two hummingbirds around who will come and appreciate it. I usually do take mine down every year, and I, I haven't yet this year, yeah. but I mean, I definitely need to change the water if that's yeah. the case. I mean, if I'm going to leave it out, I need to change the water at least. That's, I think, something a lot of homeowners, they have the best of intentions with hummingbird feeders, yeah, yeah. but then forget to change the water pretty often because it gets kind of grimy, sticky, and sticky, gets moldy. Yeah, so yeah. that's not good for the little guys. Well, try it. Clean the water yeah, and, leave it. and leave it outside so you see okay. hummingbirds. All right. Good idea. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. If you have a question about anything outdoors, Kevin joins us from Swanee. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Well, with my cursor here. Hey, hey good morning, Walter. How are you on this rainy Saturday? Been great, Kevin. What's up? I have a number of uh, succulents. They're all in, mostly all in individual pots. And I've got a great spot on my back patio where they just do excellent and I want to know how cold tolerant they are and when I need to move them inside and if I need to move them all the way inside at any point or if I can put them in a garage or screen porch. Now, Kevin, sorry if I missed it, but what succulents did you say you had? I'm not sure of the the scientific name of them. They're the, I mean, you know, kind of leafy, uh, <laughs> green. leafy succulents that you see <laughs> sort of, you know. In so, pictures. I mean, not like aloe plant or sedum or... One is an aloe plant, and it is okay. huge. It's probably, oh, cool. you know, almost two feet tall. Okay. Uh, it, it's tough to know without knowing which ones you've got exactly, but a, a safe rule of thumb is do bring them in before a hard freeze for sure. Um, there's not very many that are going to winterize well outside, and aloe is pretty tender too, so... Yeah. Aloe will make it through. I know from experience, one or two freezes maybe, but that's pushing it. You don't want to forget and leave them <laughs> out there for sure. But yeah, I would I would bring all of those in in a sunny window. Obviously, they're going to be pretty low maintenance having them in the house. You don't have to remember to water them too frequently. But yeah, safest bet is to, to bring them in pretty soon. But there are some succulents that do just fine outdoors. The sedums, Autumn Joy sedum, does fine outdoors. 
Um, what's his another couple of seasons? Uh, Hen and Chicks does fine outdoors. So again, it would be nice if you would find out which ones you have, Kevin, because that really will determine whether or not you have to bring them in or whether they can stay outdoors all winter long. Okay. Well, I will, uh, I'll do a little bit of research and maybe give you a call back next Saturday. So, so the next step could be taking a picture of a couple of them and yeah. then go on Walter's website on WalterReeves.com and look over to the right side of the page. There's name that plant and you can upload just a couple of the pictures and either Walter or myself or I mean, gardeners throughout the entire community will be able to kind of identify what you've got. And even some will go one step further and just give you, you know, unsolicited advice on what to do once they've helped you identify it. But that would be that would be cool to know what you had. Yeah. Awesome. I will definitely do that. Thank you guys so much. Have a great morning, Kevin. Thank you so much for the question. I love that. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. But again, identification is important because there's so many different kinds of sedums, different kind of succulents. Some can be left outside. I'm not. I don't know. Well, and so many are popular at places like Pike Nursery where they've got, you know, they've got them already grown in a container and it's very ornamental looking. It's, you know, I mean, it's a conversation piece. And so people just buy it because it looks really cool the way they've got them all potted together. But yeah, like really getting down to identifying what all you have in there and how big each of them are going to get if they, you know, continue to be in the same pot together. Things to think about. And that's another good way to identify them would be to take pictures but then take them to a pike. Mm-hmm. They've got a huge number of succulents that they have on sale there, yeah. and you can just compare it to what you have at pike. Yeah. What they have. Good. Let's go to the phones back again. James is down in McDonough, Georgia. Hey, James. Yes, sir. Uh, I need to know how much lime, well, I, I guess I can just do it by spreader, but uh, what kind of lime do I add to my yard this year? i got regular Bermuda. Yeah. Let's talk. This is a good conversation with Ashley, uh, James. So let's, let's the three of us talk together about this. So the reason you put lime on a lawn or any landscape place is because the soil naturally in Georgia becomes more acidic during the year. But acid rain and decomposition of organic matter and fertilizers and all those things make the soil more acid. As soil gets more acid, it becomes less and less able to give up nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium. And so you sort of have all your nutrients that you apply are locked into the soil because the pH is not, is not uh, high enough. Lime raises the pH. So if the soil is acid, then it makes the soil less acid. More nutrients are released. Happy lawn, happy James, happy, happy Ashley and Walter. So the question then is, how much do you put down because some soil is more acid than other soils? So one way, James, to know is to have a soil test done by the University of Georgia. Down in Henry County and McDonough, you got a Henry County Extension Service, and they will be happy to give you directions on how to bring in soil and have it tested by the lab at Athens, and they'll send you a report back within three or four days that says, oh, James, you need... 40 pounds of lime per 1,000 square feet. You need 50 pounds. You need 60 pounds because you really can't tell until you know what the existing pH is. So it's not throwing, like, lime out as a fertilizer. I mean, lime is really just only going to complement the soil to really give the Bermuda better conditions to grow. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, what what kind of lime? What is there? There is, yeah. I think we just generally call it garden lime, James. (laughs) It comes in a 40-pound bag. And uh, you go to a garden center and say, hey, I need some lime. They don't have many other kinds of lime there. It's going to be garden lime. And you, it's going to be pelletized or it can be powdered. The pellet stuff is the same as the powder, but it's just been made into pellets so it doesn't blow all over and get in your pants when you, when you put it in the garden or on the lawn. 
Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. Garden lime. If you, I shouldn't tell you this, James, but I will because I'm a nice guy. The general, the general rule of thumb, if you want a general rule of thumb for applying lime, 40, 40 pounds per thousand, 40 pounds per thousand square feet will get you in the ballpark. Okay. But you should do a soil test, call your local extension office and get the details from them. Okay, thank you very much. You bet, James. We'll see you soon. Actually, there's a magic number, a magic number to contact your local extension office and master gardeners as well. Is easy to remember. One eight hundred. You got it. Ask UGA one. You the number got it. one. So exactly. that'll put you in contact with your local county extension office. Just real quick though, I want to. There, there are so many Bermuda like homeowners that have Bermuda lawns. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of standard practice. You know, you know, your neighbor says, "Well, I applied lime to mine," so you just kind of assume. But I mean, I wanted to kind of ask James, was there something else going on with the Bermuda that he thought maybe it needed to be mm-hmm. strengthened up or something yeah. like that? Because, I mean, if it seems to be growing fine, is there really, is it necessary to even apply lime, you know? Well, we know that, as I said, the soil becomes more acid during the year. And so it's always continuously lowering pH. It's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit every, every So month. at some point in time, you're going to get to where you yeah. need, okay. Yeah. Okay. But if he noticed, he was real astute, noticed that his Bermuda just didn't seem to react when he fertilized it, just didn't seem to get as green as it used to. And he might suspect, oh, the lime, I need to, the pH is too low. I need okay. to add lime. And again, the soil test will tell him, tell him how much lime. That's a good thing. The, and again, the extension service is really Accurate, much, much, much more accurate than those little home kits that are five ninety five, seven ninety five, something like that. They're wildly inaccurate. Don't trust them ever. And then the extension office, do they give you advice on like where to get the sample from? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, are yeah. different parts collect, of your yard yeah, different? Sample, yeah. All that kind of stuff. yeah, lots of good things there. And by the way, I have a website myself that I just put together all the details about soil testing. It's georgiasoiltest.com. Georgiasoiltest.com. 717 at News Talk WSB, back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden Show here for you every Saturday. And for 25 years, that's been the case. So, <laughs> but you're still young. It's amazing how that math works. 404-872-0750 here for you all day today with uh, Lawn and Garden Show till 9, Home Fix It. And then the UGA Tailgate Show begins at 1130. So the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Rain, of course, right now. Some of the afternoon, it'll diminish by evening. The chances drop down to about 30%. So high in the mid-60s, low around 42 tonight. Mostly to partly sunny tomorrow. Look for a high around 56, dropping down a little bit. Low of around 37. So complete weather update comes in less than 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. We've got a lot of callers. Oh, yeah. But I I can't read. They're so far away. (laughs) Robert and Tucker. Hey, Robert, join us. Lawn and Garden. Good morning, guys. Hey. Good morning, Robert. It's a pleasure to have a, a beautiful young voice because <laughs> uh, old guys like myself and yourself, Mr. Walter, <laughs> our, voice, out, our voices are fading. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> the reason I'm calling, uh, I'm blessed to have uh, the wool carpet of ground covers in Mondo yeah. and 70% uh, of my yard is Mondo and uh, 30% is Zorgia. Uh, the last time that I used a lawnmower on my yard was this time 
last year. You are so yeah. lucky. Right. Oh, I'm lucky. Yes. Well, I, well, what I do is, of course, I, I take my swing blade and practice my backhand and my seven iron. <laughs> and I just do that like every week, once a week, you know, just walk over my yard and top mm-hmm. things off. Um, there, uh, I was surprised. Of course, I'm promoting my mondo, uh-huh. and uh, but my zoysia at six inches high is doing well. Yeah. Nothing, I, no fertilizer, no all the stuff stuff that everybody spends their money on. Uh, I, I, so with what, mondo, your, you don't have to do anything. What's your question, Robert? My my question is. I'm going to burn. I'm thinking of burning off mm. my uh, no, just just the zoysia. Mm. Uh, you know I don't like burning, Robert. You know that. Yeah, I do. But, well, see, back in the '60s, uh, we, my father and I, we uh, bought Tiffine Bermuda from Limburner's Lim Nursery. You remember that? I haven't heard of them. Yeah. Well, I think Pike bought them out. Okay, so uh, you but, want to uh, burn the zoysia? No, we did. We did our. We did our uh, uh, Tiffine Bermuda. The only problem. The only problem with that was dogs and children tracking in the soot. Yeah, because it was a very. Be- it worked out great. Very few weeds and everything. So, so have, I'm, you, I'm a, have I, you called the fire people in Tucker to ask them? Have you called your insurance agent to ask them whether you should be burning off your lawn? Good point. Yeah. Good point. With that, it's not worth it. I don't think so. You're not going to get any benefit. If you want to lower the height, get a mower out there. Just mow it or use your... No, no, no. I, 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 uh, uh, I, want, I think people cut their, their grass too low. Well, it depends. Every, every from, grass from, is... From my height. experience, what I do, you know, from my what I told you that I did, so... Yeah, but I, I will not burn my uh, Zorja. There are people in Tucker right now, Robert, breathing a lot easier. People <laughs> in Tucker and the fire department say, "All right, boys, stand down. We don't have to worry about Robert anymore. He's taking the no burn pledge." And so maybe keeping it at a longer height, like you like, Robert, um, that's okay. But all the more reason I would be. Um, right on top of doing the pre-emergent applications yeah. two or three times a year, you In know, fact, to keep the weeds out. Too. When you let the zoysia get tall, you get a little layer of thatch underneath there, which holds bugs and diseases yeah. and things like that. So, I don't know, six inches sounds a little tall to me. Well, we'll see. Robert, you let us know what happens. It's 727. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at 95.5 WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 736 at 95.5 WSB. Walter Reeves along with Ashley Frasta answering your garden questions all morning long. Well, at least it's 9 o'clock. 404. <laughs> we do get some time off. 872 404-872-0750. Answer your garden questions until 9 o'clock. Dave Baker will take over at 9 o'clock, go to 11.30, and then the Bulldog pregame show 
Getting ready for the Bulldogs versus Texas A&M this afternoon on your home of the dogs, 95.5 WSB. So, Ashley, we have a weekend prize pack to give away. We do. And, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up next week. So you want some things to do with the family. Mm. And then, of course, Christmas. So need something to do with kids because they're out for two weeks. So how about right now, before you start dialing, a family four-pack all-attraction passes to enjoy a Stone Mountain Park Christmas. Now open through January 5th. Of course, there's Snow Mountain. There's so much going on at Stone Mountain Park. So you have to call... 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. That's the prize line. 404-741-0750 to caller number three. That caller right now wins the family four-pack all-attraction passes to Stone Mountain Park Christmas. All right. Good Yay. Deal. Good. Let's go to the phones. we got people waiting in line right here. we got several great questions coming up. Uh, Barbara is first in line on the Hickory Flat. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. Hi. <clears throat> How can we help, Barb? Okay, I have... Eight cryptomeria as foundation plants close to the house. It, the variety is Globosa nana. Yeah. And they're eight feet tall. They're beautiful. Um, they're 10 years old, and they've never been pruned. And my question is, do I need to hire an expert to prune them, or um, do I do it myself, and how do I do it? Yeah, you can do it yourself. I think the... The main rule of thumb with any needled evergreen, like Leland Cypress and Cryptomeria and uh, Arborvitae, things like that, is, is if you, you cannot prune past or into past the green part. If you prune into the brown part of the Cryptomeria, it will not re-sprout. And you want oh, to re-sprout okay. Likely. Once it's brown, so, it's brown. Yeah, once it's brown, it's brown. It's down. Okay. So I won't know that until I get in there. Yeah, but you can sort of open up the limbs and see where things are. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. by hand, it's easier to sort of see where the green is. You just take your green parts, the green fronds that you want to shorten, shorten them, but never leave brown because it, it'll stay brown the rest of the, the rest of the shrub's life. Okay. Um, can I take them down halfway, or do I do it just a little bit at a time? You are going to have to look at it and see how much green you have. Mm-hmm. And if it's down halfway and there's green below that point, yes, you can. Okay. Basically, where where the green and the brown transition into one another, that's going to really determine the size that you're able to prune that back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, once you really start getting in there, you may be stopped before you are able to reduce it to the size that you want. But, yeah, it's worth worth a start for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. Appreciate your um, information. Thank you so much. Good talking to you, Barbara. Thanks for calling. We've got uh, Grace in Norcross, Georgia. Hey, Grace, good morning. Good morning, Walt. Hi. How can we help? I hate crepe murder. So let's just put this out there. All right. Because what I'm doing is I'm buying a 30-gallon Muscogee crepe myrtle, one of the big ones, and I want to start it from scratch so that it grows into a free-form tree, and I'd like about five or seven main branches, I mean main trunks, and I think it's going to come with the three that are chopped off and then you take it from there, but I don't want three. I'd like more than that, and I want to know how I go about doing that, and then once it gets started, I'm never going to prune the tops of it again, just, you know, little suckers. I guess you have to prune it all the way down. How far is down on a big Mm, 30-gallon? Where do you want the... 
seven sprouts, where do you want them to start? At whatever point you want them to start, that's the level at which you prune it. So if you want to maintain a little bit of a trunk, you know, maybe just cut it back to, I don't know, I mean, three feet, four feet, something like that. But if you want it more low to the ground, go back to a foot or two. A foot, 12 inches, yeah. Because the new growth comes from where the pruning happens. So that's where the new growth is going to sprout. Okay, so it won't hurt. It cuts all of the branches down that close to the ground. No. I've never seen a dead crepe myrtle from being pruned. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And Walter, thank you for your tip on how to plant trees. It's wonderful. It has saved me a lot of anguish. I used to do it the hard way. Which, amended which my soil. Are you thinking about Grace? The one that you said, do not amend your soil. Just oh, dig yeah, a hole yeah. and stick it in there, and do the little the little uh, concentric circles around it. I I can't believe it. In fact, let me tell you how wonderful that tip was. I had actually planted seven crepe myrtles my way, and three years later bought the same size, 15 gallons, planted them your way, and your crepe myrtles are every bit as large, if not larger, than my original ones. I just... It's just astonishing how well it works when when you plant them that way. Saves a lot of back-breaking digging, yeah, too. Loosen, so. loosen the soil, spread the roots out. You're going to have a great-looking tree, crepe myrtle, whatever you got. Spread the roots out. I will send you soil. pictures of my Muskogee next year, Walter. Thank you, darling. Thank you, ma'am. See you soon, Grace. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 is the number at Lawn and Garden. Ed is in Brazelton, wants to prune his leaves in Cypress. Hey, Ed, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Yeah, um, we moved in here a couple of years ago and have a couple of Leland cypress that are just really too big. I went out looking, they're about 30 feet tall. I wonder if I could uh, trim them back uh, and make a hedge out of them or else they're going to have to come down. So they're they're not being used as like a privacy fence or anything like that, I take it, at that height? Okay. Yeah. So basically the same as what Cryptomeria, what, what um, the other caller called about Barbara, is it's the same. It's an evergreen. And, you know, Leland's are pretty susceptible to turning brown sometimes from the bottom up or obviously from the insides kind of outwards because not a lot of sunlight has gotten to the insides there to, to where they stay brown. But you can trim them as far as into the green as you still see green. And then once you see the brown, you've got to stop long ahead of that because that brown is just never going to green up nothing new will sprout from the inside to kind of fill in the the leland so keep it green keep it lush but trim it back as much as you can until the you get to the brown portions and that stops you so are you going to get up on a ladder and try to top them yourself i haven't figured that out that's gonna be tough that's gonna be tough that's a good thing to figure out before you get started yeah how tall is your ladder how limber are you Oh, yeah, I could do stuff like that, but uh, it's, it would be pretty expensive to get somebody to come in here and take these things down right next to fences and yeah. so forth. Yeah, uh, and, and also yeah. Not, not knocking any of the companies that may be able to do that, but, you know, if they're just in a hurry, they may just go at the top with the chainsaw or just do it kind of quick and dirty, whereas you may be able to take a little more time. I mean, take it, you know, in the reduction, but also just in shaping it the way you want it. And it may just be a task that you're going to have to hammer at you know, a few a few weekends to really kind of get it maintained to where to where you'd like it and the shape that you'd like it. But yeah, I mean, once you really start seeing brown, you've got to stop ahead of that um, so that you leave enough green showing in in the way you reshape those. Okay, 
I'll give it a try. Oh, Go stay, dogs. <laughs> Go dogs, indeed. Stay safe, Ed. That sounds so scary. Yeah, be careful of that ladder, Ed. Oh, <laughs> man. Ladders are dangerous things. Can be a dangerous thing in the wrong hands. Sherry. Sherry's in Atlanta and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sherry. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Hi, Hi Ashley. Hey. I have a question, really two. I thought of another one while I was waiting, All if right. I we have could about get it. Two and a half minutes, so let's shoot them okay. on. Okay. With regard to a cobblestone looking um, brick driveway, how to keep all the, what products should I use to keep the grass and weeds and things at bay? Of course, I'm going to start by saying read the label, but I'll give you two. Two products that work pretty well. One is Durazone, D-U-R-A-Z-O-N-E, Durazone. Okay. And the other one is Roundup mm-hmm. Extended. Roundup Extended Control. I think it's a real name. Roundup Extended Control and Durazone. Okay. Both Just, of them are, they kill what the green part that you can see. They'll kill that immediately, and then they stay in the soil for about three or four months. Read the label to find out, but it'll... Keep anything in the soil underneath the cobblestones from sprouting again. So kind of just spot treat it. Sherry's walking down the driveway, just you know, squirt I would, here, squirt I there. The whole, I would do the whole driveway okay. because you want anything that's underneath it. She doesn't see now. You still want to True. prohibit that. Oh, okay. Excellent. And my second question, please, is what is a good um, low-light, medium-light indoor plant um, that I could give someone um, who has asthma? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. she can't have... Anything, you know, flowery, that kind of thing. I don't know. Orchids don't have a lot of allergenic things in them, I don't think. So why not an orchid? Why not uh Oh, okay. Smaller, even African violet. Something. And orchids okay. are low maintenance, too. I mean, she may have to water once a week, maybe fertilize once a year. They're, they're pretty low maintenance, but they do need the right amount of sunlight, for sure. Okay. Not and direct the- sunlight, but warm sunlight for, uh, I would say, three to five hours a day. Okay, and what about the African violet? The same thing. Um, same thing. Yep. Also, be great. But and of okay. course, they're on sale. Well, not on sale, but they're for sale. Yeah. Pike Nursery anywhere in Atlanta. Wonderful. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Sherry. Thank you okay, so much. I will. Coming Y'all, up on seven forty-seven now on ninety-five point five WSB. More of your questions, Salon and Garden with Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca. Coming up. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Periods of rain today that diminishes to 30% this evening. High of 65, low of 42. And tomorrow, mostly to partly sunny. High of 56, low of 37. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And Ashley Frasca, what do we have for the AJC? Well, on Sunday, tomorrow, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution investigation unprotected continues with part three. In the year-long investigation, the newspaper exposes how Georgia fails to protect senior citizens and their families had no way of knowing what was really going on. So read the story, Sunday's front page. Search the exclusive database of senior care facilities. You can do that now at AJC.com slash unprotected. It is 
startlingly real. One of those things you don't want to know, but you, you need to know. When you retirement home your parents are in, has gotten five violations in the last three years, you think, oh, no, mama. Year-long investigation on? to uncover all of that. So congratulations to our colleagues at the AJC for a great, great investigation. It's sure it wonderful. Gene is in Lawrenceville and joins us in the morning garden. Hey, Gene, morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. Celeste says tell you hello. Well, how can we help, Gene? I have a fig tree. It's a big one. Um, and it's got some limbs, low-hanging limbs that just drape to the ground. Sure. And I'm wondering if it hurt if I go ahead and cut those off. And then there are a few little limbs in the middle that are sort of crisscrossing each other. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about taking a few of those out. I don't think it hurts at all. I mean, figs... Uh, Figs are like crepe myrtles. You can't kill them. So, you know, you move them, you you reshape, I guess is the right word. You move the limbs back, you move the limbs high by limiting them up from the bottom. But whatever shape and form seems to suit your landscape and your picking ability, Gene, I think that's what you do. All right. Is it good to do it now or do I need to wait till January? Or pretty well off. I think if it's... I don't think there's any reason not to do it now. It's pretty cold. It's, what, 30-some degrees outside? Yeah, you can do it now. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Tell your lovely Thank wife you we much. said hello, Gene. Tell Celeste we said uh, hello from here, too. All right. I'll do it. Gene is, one of my, Gene is one of my master gardener friends. He comes to all the remote broadcasts. He and his wife, Celeste, and he is part of the Gwinnett Master Gardener group and posts things on Facebook a lot. He's a good photographer and has a... A great garden sense, I think. And one of the other things, actually, that he did was to make um, carpenter bee traps. Oh, he sold fun. carpenter bee traps uh, last year. Had a lot of fun doing that. You know what? I bet we'd do, we could get Buddy in here, get Buddy off his, uh, on his way. Buddy and Big Shady, if you can do the question in two minutes, you're good to go. Hey, Buddy? Yeah. There you go. Thanks for taking my call, Walter. I love listening to your show. Thanks. How can um, we help, Bud? Um, last, uh, spring, my brother planted some tomatoes on the side of our house that gets the most daylight sun. It also just happens to be the side where the drain for our central AC is. Yeah. And so the tomatoes he planted got nice, big, and fat. And, uh, of course, we cut them down in the fall, uh, but would that work with cucumbers, too? Sure, yes. Those are great place. A, yeah, they take a lot of water, I'm sure. If it has a lot of sun, yeah. and you can't grow either one of them in soggy soil. You don't want the soil to be soggy yeah. all summer long. But if there's you know, adequate water and drains if it needs to when it gets too much water there, I don't see why cucumbers and tomatoes couldn't do perfectly well beside each other. Okay. Next season, okay. Yeah. That would be good, then. Enjoy the vegetables, buddy, because it's going to be a great summer coming up. I just have a feeling, actually, it's going to be a great, hot, nice summer for gardening. I think it's going to be a wonderful year in 2020. That's something to get excited about. Now, something that Gene, your friend Gene in Lawrenceville, just asked about the fig limbs hanging kind of low. Jason Byers, our producer, kind of started our show off off the air asking us about a crimson queen, Japanese maple, same kind of thing that was just kind of droopy. Branches were hanging too low. Yeah. And your advice, same there. Now is a decent time to yeah, cut it back, leaves right? leaves are pretty well yeah. off and brown anytime between now and, gosh, into February. I think it'll be fine. Go ahead and do that it. That way you can see what you're doing. The leaves exactly. are off and you can, you can see, see where the, the limbs cross. You know what you're 
your sculpture and, and structure is going to be. All right. It's 7.57 at Newstalk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.